I'm gonna, we're jumping into a, a new series called Ohana Matters. Can everyone say Ohana Matters? And I think it's a very uh, pertinent subject um, going, coming out of what we've just come out of. And, and one of the greatest blessings that God has given us is family. Can you turn to the person next to you? If that person is part of your family and tell the person sitting next to you, you are the greatest blessing God has given me. You're the greatest. And, and you can return, say the same thing. If, if you don't have natural family, this is your spiritual family, so you can say this to the person sitting next to you. You're the greatest blessing that God has given me. Um, our key text is from Genesis 1, 27 and 28. Uh, if we could read this scripture together at the count of three. One, two, three. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Let's say that again. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And everybody who loves hunting said, Amen. Just joking. Let's pray. God, thank you, Lord, so much for your word. Thank you for what you're doing in our midst. God, thank you that your presence is here and that whenever you're here, you're here to meet the needs of your people, to change and transform our hearts, to make us more and more into the image of who you are. We thank you for all of your blessings in our lives. We thank you for your son and for every relationship that surrounds us in this place. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Family was God's idea. How many of you know that family was God's idea? Sometimes it doesn't feel like that because your kids stress you out or maybe your spouse stresses you out. But family was God's idea. And God, we understand that God is, a, is in three parts. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity, right? We believe in the Trinity. And when God made man, he made man in the image of himself, which was three in one. And he made Man and woman, he created them both in the image of God. I used to read the scripture and think, God made me in his image. That I am the full picture. How many of you read it that way? That you're the full picture of the image of God. That I'm created in the image of God. You're not the full picture. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not the full picture. You're not it. We look like God together. It's, the image of God takes more than one person. He made male and female. And the, them walking in unity created the image of God. And we are a reflection of God when we love one another, when we serve one another. And, and then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Because he gave creative power to man and woman to create, to be like him. And in family, we are the image of God. The collective family of God is the image of God. And I've been so blessed and honored to be a part of this congregation and a part of the wider church on this island because this, the church on Maui rose up to meet needs that were in our community and work together to serve our community. And the image of God was represented not just in one person or in one church, but his body on this island. Amen? How many of you have been encouraged by what you've seen just in the response to the disaster from the local church. 
Why don't we give God a hand for that? He, he is revealing himself uh, through us. But just because God created us in his image doesn't mean that family is all roses. How many of you have gotten mad at a family member this past week? It's okay. This is church. You can be honest in church. Raise your hand high. How many of you have gotten mad at a family member this past week? That's like everybody. See? You're in the right place. Um, uh, God creates family to cut off the edges of selfishness in our lives. And most of the time when we're mad, it's because we're selfish. If you raise your hand, it's probably because it wasn't the other person's problem. It was probably yours. And God creates family to make us more like him. Amen? And so whenever you get irritated about anything with your family, thank God that you have family to get mad at. That's like a ninja hack that my dad taught us several weeks ago, right? He's, he said he got all mad at us for coming late to a family dinner. And then God said, aren't you blessed that you have a family to get mad at? And so my dad repented and he's... God, thank you so much for giving me a family to be mad at. So now we have the free pass to be late to all the family dinners. Now. <laughs> but he made us in his image and in his likeness. And whenever we're upset with our family, whenever you struggle in, in family, whenever the kids are running around and they're like too much to handle, or your husband doesn't appreciate you, or your wife, she doesn't tell you how amazing you are every day of the week, to say, God, thank you so much that you gave me family to be mad at and be grateful. Uh, we were made in his image. Let's read the scripture together, Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We need one another to mirror Christ. And when you see a family that's, that's together, it is a, it's an it's a inspiration. And how many of you, because all of us, sometimes family's working good, other times family's challenging, but how many of you, when you experience family working good, when, when you are honoring your spouse, when your spouse is honoring you, when your kids aren't talking back and they're actually appreciating you, how many of you, when, you, when that happens, you just feel joy, you feel peace, you feel like this is the way it should be, Right? And it's because we're modeling our creator, and that is the purpose of why he created us. He created us to look like him. As we're going into the, into the future, this next season of our island, there's going to be a lot of stress. There's going to be a lot of challenges that happen, financial pressure that happens, uncertainty of the future. All of these things can create tension in the family. But remember that God is the one who controls everything. And even though there might be uncertainty, fear, worry, God is the one who's in control. And we cannot let the fear and worry bring, bring tension into our relationships. And one of the things that we've seen during this whole time is families that are founded on God, where God is the center, they're making it through this tragedy with much more strength and peace than families that don't have God at the center. And so we want to do a series. It's, this first series is Making God the Center. Next week, we're going to talk about making the Word of God, this, the 
foundation of your family, and the week after that, the purpose of the family is to serve the world. So we're doing three of these, and then uh, or a couple more after that, but you're, you're not going to remember, so we're not going to go that far out. But center, that God is the center of the family, his word is the center of the family, and that he has made us to serve. If you were made in the image of God, if you're made in the image of God, if your family was made in the image of God, it makes sense to put God at the center. Amen? And, amen? Amen. Jesus came, and he, 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 people were trying to trick him. And they asked him, should we pay taxes? How many of you love paying taxes? How many of you love paying our Hawaii general excise tax? Where the government rips us off. Anyway. Those sneaky guys, yeah, they think we don't know. It's general excise. They tax us at every single level. Anyway. <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. So these guys wanted to trick Jesus, and they said, should we pay taxes? And they knew that if Jesus said, yeah, you should pay taxes, everybody would get mad at him. And then if he said, you shouldn't pay taxes, then the government would arrest him. So they're like, we got him. And what did Jesus do? He took out a coin, and he said, whose image is on this denarius? And they said, it's the image of Caesar. And then what did he say? He said, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's. But he didn't leave it there. He said, give to God the things that are God's. And in Genesis, it says that we were made in his image. That on every single one of our lives, the image of God is imprinted on you. And what Jesus was saying when he came to earth was, give to God the things that are his. You have God's image imprinted on you. Give your life to him. Amen? And so he was saying, you're made in the image of God. Give your life to him. And when you give your life to him, his blessings will rest on your family. It will rest on you. Um, this past, this past week, I, I um, had the privilege uh, to pray for, some of you might have heard, uh, the young couple that was at the Marriott Hotel this past uh, week, last Sunday, and their two-year-old boy uh, wandered into the pool and passed away. And uh, it's, it's devastating news, and that young man, uh, he used to come to our church uh, a while ago when he was in high school, and his mother called and asked me to come and pray with them. And when I went to the house to pray with them, uh, there was such pain and loss and grief, but at the same time, so much faith and so much hope that even though they're missing their two-year-old boy, that they know that they're going to see him again. And there is a huge difference that I see in the strength of people who have Christ that walk through tragedy and don't. And, and my encouragement to all of us here today is dig your well before you're thirsty. Dig your well before you're thirsty. Build your relationship with God because it takes time. It doesn't happen in a day. Build your relationship with God. Be intentional about the people that you have around you. Be intentional about having people of faith surround you and inputting into your lives because when those tragedies happen, you're not going to have the time to build your faith. We build our faith now, and when tragedy hits, 
That's what holds us through the time of turmoil. Jesus said, I don't pray that, that to take these people out of the world, but I pray that as they're in the world, that, that they will overcome. And he's created all of us. And so I, I, one of the things that I shared with him was during this whole Lahaina crisis, like I've been so inspired by different ones in our congregation, and I named Nani was one of them, and Catherine was one of them, who went through deep tragedy in their own lives. But when this happened, it was just like monsters coming out and being heroes. I, I don't know if monster is the right word. <laughs> but just amazing strength. Housing people the first day that this happened, you know, and ministering to them while they're in their homes. And, like, Catherine is one who just lost her husband and was housing 40 people. And Nani's, like, going around the whole island giving things to different families and, and the strength that they showed. But the strength came from the tragedy. And so I just encouraged them. And I said, you know, this might be the most tragic thing that you ever have gone through. But there's strength that God is building, and he's going to use you to minister to others who have gone through pain themselves. And, and I just want to encourage us, build your well before you're thirsty. Have that deposit of faith. Make God the center of your, fa of your family. Um, Kono Davis, he's a, um, a firefighter, a retired firefighter, but uh, he spoke this evening, and he, you know, God is using him in Lahaina in powerful ways. But when he got married to Amy uh, years ago, and he got married on this stage, he built this wooden triangle, and it was huge. It was this wooden triangle um, made out of, out of some expensive wood. He made it look expensive. I don't know what it was. But um, he said, the reason why I made it was because this triangle represents our relationship with the Lord. And as we get closer to God at the top of the triangle, we're going to get closer to each other. And, I, and that's such a perfect illustration of when a family all walks toward God, they get closer together, and, and the family gets stronger. Um, so give, it, give everything to the Lord. When we do that, God blesses our ohana. Uh, Genesis 128, then God blessed them. Everyone said bless them. How many of you want to be blessed? Like, we always love the blessing, but blessing follows sacrifice. When we surrender our own rights and our own things, and we, we trust God to, to be at the center of our families. Um, one thing, um, when I was dating Joss, is Joss here? Oh, yeah, she's right there. When, when I was dating Joss, one of uh, my pastors said, you know, John, when you're looking for a woman, when you're looking for a girl, you want to look for somebody who loves God more than you, and you want to love God more than her. And I thought, you know, because I grew up in church, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But a lot of times that doesn't make sense. Like, why would I want somebody who loves somebody else more than me, right? Um, and I remember when we were dating, one time, you know, I called her, and I remember God saying, don't call her. And I was like, yeah, that's not God. I rebuke you, Satan. And I, I called her. And as soon as she picked up the phone, she said, are you supposed to be calling me? And I said, why? And she goes, because God told me you're going to call me, but you're not supposed to. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> the phone. But I realized that it's important to have, and you know, you know now, like now, 
whenever we get in fights, yeah, we get in fights. Whenever we get in fights, the secret to resolving the fight is to let the other person spend some time alone with God. Because God tells me when I'm wrong, he tells her when she's wrong, and then we change our attitude because God is first. And I realized that even though I thought I love God, I love God, I love Joss the most, God actually loves her way more than me. And I remember a time that I got super mad at her. I think I yelled at her. <laughs> I yelled at her, and then I, I drove away. I was all mad. And then, you know what God told me? God told me, don't talk to my daughter like that. And that was the first time that I realized that it wasn't just that God was my father, but God was her father too. And that he loved her more than me. And then I got scared. I was like, ooh. So don't yell at your spouses. <laughs> um, we need to marry somebody that loves God more than us because God loves them more than we do. Amen? Was that confusing? Um, what screws up relationships with God and with our family? I'll just close with this. A lot of times when we are fearful and when we are selfish and when we, uh, it's easy to put things in front of God and in front of our spouses. Um, in Genesis 3, 6, and 7, God said, don't worry about everything else. Just worry about being with me. And there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the middle of the garden. And then there was the tree of life. And Adam had a choice. He could either do the tree of life or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And we all know which one he chose, right? He chose the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And why did he choose that above his relationship with God? Why did he choose that above his relationship with his spouse. We have record in Genesis 3, 6, and 7. It says, so when, let's read this together. So when the woman saw that the tree was, number one, good for food, and that it was, number two, pleasant to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to, number three, make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate it, and she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then their eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And one of the results of sin, and they were naked and they weren't ashamed, but one of the results of sin was that they were now ashamed, and they were covering, and they, they weren't known by each other. And one of the impacts of sin in our lives is that we don't want to be known. We, we don't want to be vulnerable. We, we want to cover up our weaknesses. And true relationship and true intimacy with the Lord and with people that we love, when his love enters our lives and he see, we know that he sees all the junk in our lives, but he loves us anyway. That's the thing that opens up a relationship and intimacy with the Lord in a way that you can't experience anywhere else. You can't experience that in any human relationship, because nobody knows you the way that God knows you. And when we come to God and we understand that he sees our thoughts, 
He sees our deepest, darkest secrets. He sees our addictions. He sees our depression. He sees every area of our lives, but still, even when we're sinners, Christ loves us. There's a power in that, that we can be naked and unashamed in front of him and, and completely vulnerable and receive a love from him. And when that happens in our lives with God, we're able to do that for people around us. As we receive unconditional love, we can give unconditional love to our spouses and to our kids. And so God, he is the center of all things. Jesus, he talks about the exact same thing. And one of the things that makes us go toward the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life that was represented in that fruit is fear and worry. Jesus says, therefore, do not worry. Everyone say worry. And how much do we worry now? How much has your worries increased since the Lahaina disaster? How much has our worries increased since COVID? You know, the, the power of fear is that you, we stop trusting in God and we start trying to do everything ourselves. And it does impact relationships. Jesus says this, he says, and let's read this together. One, two, three. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and what? All these things shall be added to you. It's not that God doesn't want us to have things, but he wants everything to be added, additions to him. So if any time, at any place, those things are taken away, our foundation is not shaken. If we build our families on the foundation of God, our house can be taken, the economy can be shaken, our health or our loved one could be taken, but our foundation is firm because it's in him. And those things can be taken and our lives will not be destroyed. Our spirits will not be destroyed because he is the foundation. And God, God's admonishment to his people is seek first. Everyone say first. First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And it doesn't end there. He says, if you do that, all things, all these other things will be added to you because you'll be holding them in your hand but standing on on the firm foundation of who God is and then when the things crash and fall out of your hands you're still standing on a firm foundation instead of seeking money first or seeking fame first or seeking security in our economy first or government first and standing on that and when you stand on that and that's taken away then what happens our lives fall apart our hope is lost People commit suicide because they put their foundation on the wrong thing. And so God says, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Uh, we're going to close this morning by taking communion. Um, God, God is revealing himself in this tragedy as many things um, as Pastor Eddie was sharing, 
that one lady who doesn't even go to church anywhere, but she grew up and she understood what tithing was, and she gave 10% to the people around her who were in need, even though she was in need. And when that happened, God blessed her. And we're seeing that happen in ways that we cannot comprehend. You know, when God told us to, to give whatever we had to people who were in need, we didn't know that there would be such an outpouring of generosity from all over the world that we can't even keep up giving things out as they're coming in. And one of the, um, one of the interesting things, uh, when we first started this uh, journey, um, the first day, there was a girl on Oahu who posted on social media what happened in Lahaina. And her GoFundMe raised about $160,000 in two days. And she came under all of this criticism and all of this scrutiny that there is this young girl who wasn't even a part of Maui that everybody was donating to. And I remember in the early times, the first week when all of this happened and we were giving out resources and we were doing everything that we could to get out to Lahaina, but we didn't have time to post things on social media. And, and God, God said, don't worry about it. Just do what you have to do and, and trust him. This past week, I, found out, I got a phone call from her dad. And her dad owns a construction company and builds tiny homes out of containers. And he said, we got a $3 million donation from someone on the mainland to build out 50 tiny homes that will have two bedrooms in it, a bathroom, and a kitchen, and we just need land to put it on. And the vision is that we'll make these containers, people can live on it until they're ready to rebuild, and then they can move these containers onto their property, live in it while they rebuild their homes, and then after they move into their homes, they can rent those containers out as extra income. And they, they said, would you be willing to use your property for these 50 containers? And I was like, of course. And so we're in the, that's why you see those two huge red, they're not going to look like that. They're going to be painted. And they're going to look nice and everything. But they're going to build it out on our property. Um, there's a lot of things that need to happen before that happens. We need to get county approval and, and uh, scrub the land. And we're working through that process. But did I tell you? I did tell you how that she was the daughter. The, the girl that raised 160000 is the daughter of that company. And they're believers and they're Christians. And the money that she raised is going to these container homes that are being donated to our church. $3 million worth of containers that will provide housing, which is the next phase of this crisis when everybody has to leave the hotels. And, and we can't meet the needs of everyone, but we're going to do everything that we can to meet the needs of who we can. Amen? Amen. And God, God says to do what you can, and he's going to fill in the gaps. But can we stand? Or we don't need to stand. We need to take communion. But I want to, there's a power in prayer, and we need the help of God. So can you join me in prayer? I want to pray for this project that's uh, in the works right now, that, that God would open doors. So can you join me with your faith, with your prayers? God, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to, 
to be of service to our community and to be used by you and to be a reflection. We were made in your image and your likeness. And God, you want us to, to serve our community. And in that, God, we're, you said that as we put you first, that, that we're blessed. And so, God, we ask, Lord, that you would bless this project, Lord, that, that you would provide uh, the means to scrub this property, to grade this property, that the permits that need to happen would happen. God, that the containers would be transformed from these ugly red containers <laughs> into beautiful, livable uh, places that can be a blessing to our Lahaina friends. Lord, we, we pray that uh, all the doors of resource will open. God, that you would open the doors that no one else can open. God, that you would shut the doors that no one else can shut. And God, we ask you as your children, as the ecclesia of this church, God, we, and of our island, God, we ask you, Lord, that you would use this church and this property to be a blessing uh, to the Lahaina residents. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, now is a good time. <laughs> now is a good time to know him. Jesus said, this is my body that was broken for you. When you eat of it, remember him. Do this in remembrance of him. So if you would just take, uh, peel off the top of this container and hold the bread. Let's pray. Uh, God, we just thank you, Lord, that your body was broken for us. That even in our sin and our, our need, Lord, that when your body was broken, you provided wholeness. You provided wholeness in our health, you provided wholeness in our minds, you provided wholeness in our relationships, and wholeness in our finances and provision. And God, as we take this, Lord, we take it with faith, knowing that your body was broken for us, Lord, that we could have healing. And not only was your body broken, but you were raised to life, and that same power that raised you from the dead abides in us. And Lord, we can ask anything of you, and it will be given. So Lord, as your body we take the bread this morning, declaring our faith in you. In Jesus' name, you can take the bread this morning. And God, we thank you for the cup that represents your blood that was shed for forgiveness of sin. And humbly, God, we come before you. in full awareness that you see every sin that we have committed. And God, instead of holding those sins against us, you died for us because you loved us. And we receive the cup this morning that represents your blood that was shed for forgiveness of sin. And God, as we receive forgiveness this morning, we also make a covenant with you, Lord, that as we freely receive, we will freely give to others that as we receive forgiveness from you, we will extend forgiveness to those who have offended us. In Jesus' name, you can take. If you haven't started a relationship with Christ, I'd like to pray with you. And if our whole congregation can repeat after me, I want to give you the opportunity to receive Christ into your heart this morning. Can we all stand? And we'll say this together. 
How many of you are grateful for the love of Christ? And then we're going to close with a song, my favorite song, It's Well With My Soul, that was penned by Horatio Stafford when he lost his son to scarlet fever, lost his four daughters in a, in a boat accident. And as he was passing over the water, the grave of where he lost his four daughters, he penned the song, It Is Well With My Soul. And I feel like that's the fitting song for everything that we've gone through uh, in the past two months. But repeat this prayer after me, and then we'll close with the song. Say, Dear Jesus, I love you. Thank you that you love me and that you gave your life so that I can have healing and I can have forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness today. I receive you into my life and I surrender to you. Use me to minister to our community. Thank you for this church that I am a part of, that together we can reflect who you are. Bless us so that we can be a blessing to our community. We love you in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, amen. Let's close by singing this song together.